Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hello again and welcome to Money Tips. This is Charles Kelly bringing you Money Tips to help you save, earn, invest, accumulate and enjoy more money. Uh, Great to see you all today on Facebook Live. Hope you're all having a great day. And and thank you for those who listen to me on the uh, iTunes and Stitcher podcast, which is is always great to hear from you. So today I want to talk about uh, borrowers and and being trapped in overpriced mortgages through no no fault of their own really uh, that, that we, we think about the housing crisis as affecting younger people we always think about younger people can't afford to buy and younger people can't get on the mortgage ladder as it as it were the housing ladder and really th- that's true but there is another section of society that are also affected by the housing and lending crisis I, I would call it and that is the older borrowers who are trapped in in mortgages which uh, you know are, are, are poor deals and they, they can't afford to, to move. But, and at the same time, the lender is refusing to, to give them a better deal if they stay where they are. So the lender is exploiting their vulnerability, in, in other words. Now, some of this came about through the, the last banking crisis. So in 2008, when uh, particularly banks like Northern Rock and Bradford and Bingley just you know went, went, went under, the, the, the government bailed them out. And... They, they didn't close down and, and, and the mortgages were called in. People still had their mortgages, but they were held by a, a, a separate company that just really, um, I, I suppose, ba- babysitted their, their mortgages and just collected the interest. Now, this happened to a lot of people on uh, Bradford and Bingley and, and uh, Mortgage Express loans. But I, ha- I had one myself. And when when Mortgage Express who were part of the Bradford and Bingley ceased trading, I, I was just told, well, your mortgage will just stay. We can't change it. When, when you redeem, that's it. And they even gave me an option to redeem without penalty if I just wanted to go away. So it seems like they didn't want me. And I, I stayed with them a few years until I sold the property. But it was actually quite a good deal because I think it was just a percentage above the, the, the base rate. Um, and so I was paying quite a low rate but I couldn't get any more money from them, any further advances. I couldn't change the rate or anything. But some people were trapped into fixed rates, uh, sometimes at more than 5%, 6 7%, 8%. I've heard of 10% fixed rates. And they, they had to stay with those rates. But when the rates come to an end, uh, they, they were not offered a better deal. They were just put on a standard variable rate. Now, as we know, rates have come down a lot in the last 10 years so what seemed like a good fixed rate in 2007 and 8 where you might have had a fixed rate of six seven percent which which would seem quite good you know when rates come down and base rates went down to a quarter of a percent that that was quite a high rate so when normally with a lender if you were in a fixed rate and it come to the end of that rate you'd be you'd go on to their standard rate which would usually be a low rate if interest rates are low or you or you could fix again or do something else but increasingly lenders are are not quite offering that 
uh, uh, th those better deals and you have to go somewhere else to get a better deal and meanwhile they're attracting other people to them for a better deal so it's a bit it's a bit funny but especially those lenders that were were no were not trading anymore they they were just unable to offer any better rates now they could have of course said right well base rates are at a quarter percent so how much do we want to make over the base rate two percent three percent so maybe we'll charge people two or three percent over the base rate the government uh, bank of england base rate they could have easily just charged that but no they were charging five percent and more one person said he was paid he feels he's paid an extra thirty two thousand pounds on standard variable rate loans since the, the, the this the, the lender went under and you could say well why don't they just move to another bank why don't they just remortgage well this is the problem they can't because after the crisis the government and the bank of england came down too heavily on lenders and said well you've caused the crisis by lending too much money which was not really the case therefore we want we want you to cut back on uh, the flexible lending that you've been able to offer um, we won't let you offer interest only mortgages now to, to uh, residential borrowers and you have to stress test this so that you, you know you know you you can't borrow very much anymore um, and also for older borrowers the, the, the loans have to finish by 65 or 70. So this has put this has meant that somebody who say in their 50s or 60s who's got a mortgage is, is virtually trapped in that mortgage they, they can't move no other lender would want them because if you had a mortgage um, if you moved your mortgage and the lender said right you're 60 now we want this mortgage to end by 65 and you have to pay it off by 65 that would be very expensive in five years so they're kind of trapped um, and they, they just can't move anymore because the amount they were able to borrow before the banking crisis has been greatly reduced by the banking crisis and the, and the mortgage market review so thousands of people are trapped in fact up to 150,000 borrowers have been overcharged for years unable to switch to a cheaper deal after their mortgages were sold on to uh, and, and the, to another company and the mortgage market review trapped them in that deal uh, the government said it's working on uh, you know working to, to remove these barriers but I, I, I don't know I just can't see it happening I just think these people have been really exploited and, and ripped off by by lenders who've just sort of said well that's it you know and I, I just think it's wrong uh, and lenders as I, I, I found lenders uh, over the years the whole mortgage market needs looking at because at the moment lenders are not lending enough to people to be able to to buy their first property now they could say well they're trapped by the bank of england which, which is partly true so the bank of england have been over cautious and people just can't borrow enough when i when i first bought my my property i was able to borrow two and a half or three times my my salary my annual salary but the rates were 16 percent now think of that now if the rates were half of that then in theory i could afford the same mortgage uh, on six times my income so if the rates were a quarter of that i could afford the same mortgage again on maybe 12 times my income because the rates would, would have gone down now rates have come down drastically 16 percent up there now you can borrow at you know almost 16 times less than you know when i was paying a mortgage but the income multiples have stayed roughly the same in fact now they're not even giving you three times income they're saying three times income less what you might be paying out for your gym membership or less what you might be paying out on on a credit card so how can people borrow 
enough. You know, already properties around, uh, you know, the London area are more than 10 times the average salary, more than 10 times the average salary. So if a lender is, is lending three times, how the hell can anybody buy a property in those areas unless they've got a huge deposit? It doesn't make sense. The government wants to, uh, you know, cure the, the housing problem and, and solve the housing crisis, but they're not going to do it unless lenders uh, come on board and start lending more flexibly. And I just think that lenders, for instance, there's another problem here. Lenders um, will not lend long term on interest only. Uh, so if somebody is, is in a is in a rented accommodation paying a thousand pounds a month, they could probably buy that same property if they got a good mortgage deal and they were able to borrow 95 percent or maybe 100 percent. They could probably buy that property and pay less on a mortgage than they would be in rent and they would own that property. But they won't get the mortgage. That's the problem. They will not qualify for the mortgage, even though they can afford the rent. Does that make sense to you? Because it makes sense to me. If someone can afford a thousand pound a month rent, but um, and you wanted to offer them a mortgage which costs five or six hundred pounds a month, especially if it was on interest only, uh, why not give them the mortgage? Because it doesn't. They don't qualify. It, it just doesn't make sense, and it's all illogical. Lenders need to be more flexible. They need to start lending on uh, some of the the properties which are non-standard construction. At the moment, they'll only lend on bricks and tiled roofs or bricks and slate roofs. That's it. We only lend on this type of property, nothing else. But, you know, uh, it's actually cheaper and easier to build property using uh, modular uh, technology now. And it's been used all over the world, but it hasn't caught on here because the lenders won't lend on it. That, that's, that's one of the, the big problems here. And also, when, when you, another gripe of mine is that if you take out a repayment mortgage, you might say, what do I know about it? Well, I've written a book called Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. I was an IFA and, and, and in the mortgage business and working for insurance companies, banks for 25 years. So I do know a bit about it. Now, I know that the way an average mortgage works. If you take out a repayment mortgage and, and say, this is this is the amount, 50,000, and it's going to run over 25 years, that mortgage will gradually go down. The, the balance of that mortgage will gradually go down in a kind of a curve. If you imagine a, a curve going down, it doesn't go down straight. It goes down in a curve. This means that in the early years, you're hardly paying off any interest. You're just paying back. Uh, you're hardly paying back any capital. You're just paying interest on your mortgage in the early years. So if after five years you redeem your mortgage, you think, well, I've been paying all this money, but the capital doesn't seem to have gone down. That's because you're, they're charging you all the interest up front. And then you move mortgage, you move to another lender. It all starts again. So you, you hardly get to pay your capital off until much later on. So you're paying interest again on, on, on a larger amount. Similarly, if you remortgage, if a broker says, oh, yes, I can get you a de better deal somewhere else. We just have to move from Santander to the Halifax and we'll get you a better deal. And then next year they move you back from the Halifax to, to Santander or RBS to get a better deal in two years time. So and, and all this is costing money because the lenders uh, that's the way the lenders charge on the mortgages. So it's, it's people are in a difficult position. Also, lenders are charging excessive fees on some of these so-called special deals. They give you a fixed rate of 1%, but they charge you a, a 3% fee or 2% fee and you know 6% to get out of the deal further down the road. Um, that That is not really 1%, is it, really? It's, it's more like 1% plus... 2% on top, a 1% deal for uh, three years. Is it really 1%? You know, it's not.
uh, because of the fees they're charging. So that, that's the thing about the lenders. They've got it all their own way. It's it's run by a few big lenders. Now, don't get me wrong. I borrow money. I I I, I think it's great to borrow money and use money to buy assets. But when it's your home, you know, it's not really an investment. It's it's your asset. It's a roof over your head. So if lenders were more flexible, I think that this whole market could move on. Also in America, if you buy a property, and many countries, if you buy a property, you can buy it with the mortgage attached to it, which makes sense because if if the mortgage is attached to it um, and you, the person selling it just redeems that mortgage, they might redeem the mortgage. Uh, the deeds go back to, say, the Santander Bank. So they've got their money back. They've got their charges back to redeem the mortgage and all that sort of thing. Redemption charges and fees, deeds, fees, charges, all this rubbish. And then say the say the buyer of the house comes into the the same bank and borrows again you know they, then they they they've they're, they're giving out another lot of money to somebody else after someone else has just redeemed that money and paid the the charges and and the setup charges and and all this sort of thing that it it would make more sense if the person could buy the property with the with the mortgage because if you actually look at your mortgage statement if you read it you'll see that there is interest payments and capital payments. This is on a repayment mortgage. So you'll see interest and capital and you see the capital goes down very in very small amounts each month and each year. And it's only later on you'll see the capital go down faster. So uh, this, this is where I think lenders could be more flexible. They could say, OK, um, let, let's let's let, allow people to sell a property and buy it with the mortgage and transfer the mortgage into their name. Why not? You know, why not give people interest only where they don't pay about any capital, uh, an interest only mortgage for 40 years? A young couple want to buy a house. They can afford excessive rent. So why can't they afford an interest only mortgage? I mean, an interest only mortgage on, uh, say, say, you know, even half a million pounds. OK, if you, if you borrow on half a million pounds at, say, 2%, interest only, no capital paid, would only cost £10,000 a year. Now, I know there are flats in London uh, for half a million pounds where they would easily rent out for 18,000 and 20,000 a year. So w wouldn't it make more sense to say, here's, here's half a million pounds, you pay us 10,000 a year, 2% fixed rate. Uh, that would be better for everybody, wouldn't it? It'd be better for uh, the, the young borrowers. They, they know they could buy that house. They've got 40 years to pay the mortgage off. Yes, it's interest only. Yes, they have to find the capital later on to pay it off. But the lender's still got the security. They've still got the property there. And the property over 10, 20 years is going to go up in value. And eventually that half a million pounds is not going to be a huge amount of money. In 30 years time, half a million pounds is going to be equivalent to like, you know, 100,000 pounds. This is because uh, inflation and, and house price inflation diminishes the value of your loan. It's one of the great secrets of property investing that, you know, you can borrow amounts a day that, you know, over the years, paying that back later on, you're paying it back less in real terms than you are uh, today. So that, that's that's my tip for the lenders. I think the government, the new government has got to look at this. They're, they're looking at the housing crisis, the housing market. There's a lot of interesting stuff coming out. Uh, you know, we need to build more houses, but we need to make them more available to people to be able to, to buy them. And I think also uh, new houses have got to be made larger. They've got to be made with more space, more amenity space, more parking space, wider roads, not these pokey little rabbit hutches that just don't make sense. We're not talking about inner sense of properties here, inner city properties. We're talking about properties built in a field in the middle of nowhere. And yet they still cram people into these tiny 
properties. An interesting fact about there's a guy who's written a book about uh, housing, and he said that um, the uh, the the amount of living space in an average living room now is less than it was like a hundred years ago. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, we're, we're getting smaller and smaller. Uh, now I know this is a problem in London and and big cities, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about housing developments out of town. The whole thing needs looking at, and. You know, to get people back into homes, most people want to own a home. If they don't want to own a home, the government should build more social houses and, and council houses to allow for those people who will probably never be able to afford to buy a home and just want long term security in a house or a flat. So there you go. I, I wish those people luck uh, suing the, the Northern Rock and, and the, the Bradford and Bingley uh, to try and get um, a better deal. I mean, one person here was on something like six or seven percent interest and the lender just won't do anything about it. Um, and another person said his mortgage was later sold to NRAM uh, from NRAM to Whistletree, which is owned by the TSB Bank. So TSB, which did offer him a, a low deal, but it only saved him £40 a month. Um, I, I just think it's wrong. Just just finally on this, the lenders will give you a better deal if you move to them than, than if you're still with them. They don't look after their own uh, customers, their existing customers, they'll give a much better deal if you move. I had a mortgage once um, and the lender was offering a deal to new borrowers, but not to me as an existing borrower. I had to move lender and then two years later move back to that lender after, which is ridiculous. It cost me a load of money, cost me thousands of pounds in fees. And, um, you know, because when, when, when you move to a lender now, they always charge a fee. They never used to. And rates, rates, interest rates, standard variable rates. What are standard variable rates? They used to be the same for, for all the, the building societies, they're not now. Lenders make it up as they go along. How can you charge a standard variable rate of 5% when the, the, the base rates, the money that they can borrow at, the money they can get whole, wholesale money is, is like less than 1%. It's probably like, like a half percent they can get money for. What can they get money for? If you go in and put your money into an, an account there and they're paying you out 1%, and, but they're lending it out at 5%. That's a pretty good margin, isn't it? Because when interest rates were high, most mortgages were 1% or 2% above the, the variable standard variable rate or the, the government base rates. Now, a lot of mortgages are at 5 and 6% over the, the variable rates. So the lenders, I think, are making huge and excessive profits. So, so that's my thing. That's my little rant about lenders. Um, however, I'll still be using lenders because you need money. You need other people's money to buy property. So thanks for listening. Check out my book, Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. I go in the, a, a lot there about managing your money and uh, making money. And, and, and being comfortable with money in, in your head, in your mindset. So, so have a look at that and check out my podcast on iTunes and Stitcher if you're watching me on Facebook Live. So thanks for tuning in and, and thanks for listening. And if you, do, if you want to learn more about property, just drop me a line. Drop me a line at charles at charleskelly.net and I'll put you onto a great course that you can do with some friends of mine that can teach you how to buy property, how to get in to become a property investor using none of your own money, using other people's money. So that's charles at charleskelly.net or on Facebook Messenger. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and bye for now. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 